Hey you, thank you for checking out She Talks Live podcast. This is your host, Tavon Ray. And today's episode, we are talking about gentle parenting, a topic that I feel like everyone would be interested in. So if you are um, interested in hearing what I have to say about the subject, just go ahead and continue listening to the podcast. But before we jump into the episode, let's um, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, look in the show notes, follow your host, Tavon Ray, me, myself, and I on all my social media platforms. And now we introduce voice messages. You can leave me a voice message on the app and I can actually either play it if you have anything. Leave a rating review on App Podcast so that the podcast can be heard and be recognized to others. And hopefully uh, we can get the podcast up to get more listeners. So stay tuned for the episode. So let's do our pop culture segment. What's going on in the world? That's what I would like to know, right? Like what's what's happening out there? Because um, there's a lot going on in the world today. And a couple things. The Olympics is going to be starting pretty soon. But because there's a rise in the COVID um, epidemic, pandemic, how you want to say it, There are more cases that are rising and we're realizing that, you know, more people are testing positive and so we're hoping and we're on pins and needles to see if the Olympics will cancel, which is kind of strange, but I don't think they've ever done that before, but they might have. Also, another thing in pop culture that doesn't really relate to COVID, but There is a Sex and the City reboot. I know people have been hearing about it. There have been buzzes about it. Um, I am a Sex and the City stan, fan, whatever you want, because I get Carrie fever just like everybody else, because I just love Carrie and that whole concept from, you know, back in the day. And I want to see how they were rebooted. Like, you know, they rebooted Gossip Girl. I've seen the first episode of the new Gossip Girl. However, I'm not a big fan fan of it yet so we'll just have to see if that's going to play into anything that makes me want to watch it and so we'll hopefully we'll see that Jeff Bezos and um our fabulous virgin airline guy went to the skies you know they went up in space Jeff he um Branson went a week before um, Bezos, and that was successful. And then um, Amazon guy, he went yesterday, and I think that was kind of impressive. Um, It didn't last long, but everyone seemed to be happy. Um, One of the consensus that I think a lot of people aren't realizing, you know, a lot of people are mad because they're like, oh, he has all this money in the world to change things, and he's... um, trying to go in space and showing off. And I think when we're not aware of all the full details, we start to make these accusations about people and their money. Because, honey, if I was making his kind of money, I'd spend it however I want to. Yes, they are billionaires and they're out there and they're doing stuff. But who knows what this could have been. This could have been something to look forward to for the future. So always go with good intent when you're talking about certain people and how they spend their money. 
Um, apparently, Nancy Pelosi rejects Jim Jordan, Jim Banks serving on January 6th select committee. I'm not sure what that's all about, but yeah, she's trending on Twitter. Um, Black Widow, I don't know if you guys saw the movie, but it was a great um, movie. I actually went and saw it opening night at the drive-in. I thought it was really great. Um, of course, you know, like any of those movies, they never end off on a sad note, but they're always something to make you want to come back and see something at the franchise. And I love when they do stuff like that. So yes, there was a little extra at the end. And I think everyone who actually went to see it or is going to go see it, stay till the end, stay till the very end. So you could see what people are talking about. Um, and that's all we have for our pop culture section right now. Um, Megan the Stallion is trending. If you're into, um, you know, hip hop and stuff like that, that's my girl, Miss Megan. You know, Miss Tina Snow, she's over there trending on Twitter. So go on ahead and get to hear her. She's talking to Tyra Banks. And if you haven't seen it on Twitter at all, just go on over there and check it out because you never know. You might learn something about the um, Houston Diva. But that's all I have for hot topics for today, some pop culture, and um, yeah, talk to you soon. Um, parenting styles today, and one of the things that I wanted to talk about in today's episode is how are we parenting in today's society? How are we parenting in a way that our children understand that they are the child and we are the adults. Now, my son is 22 years old now. And when I look back at it, the way I parented him was a little bit of more of the authoritative and permissive um, type of parenting style. Um, now there are four parenting styles, authoritarian, authoritative, permissive, and uninvolved. So which parent are you? And I felt like I wanted to discuss this topic because I came across, um, a YouTube channel and one of the ladies, she has, um, four children, three girls and one on the way. And it's a boy. It'd be her first boy. She's co-parenting her first three children with her ex and she is now in a new relationship and she's having a boy and she was discussing gentle parenting and I was like, what in the world is gentle parenting because the back in my day, I knew about attachment parenting a little bit Um. I had my son in 1999, and so at that time of becoming a mother, I didn't have all of these new ideas of parenting. Now, I came from a Caribbean household, so parenting growing up was different. So my mother's parenting style was more of a authoritarian personality style for, for parenting. Um, I was raised like in a village and not just by one sole person. Um, 
And then when I had my son, I kind of incorporated some of the village. But then I realized that if I'm going to do right by him, I had to become the parent. I had to show up for him. I think when we don't understand what our parenting styles are, we find ourselves not showing up for our children when they need us the most. So I started digging and doing some research and I was like, yeah, I think I want to bring this on the podcast to just kind of give an idea if mothers are out there listening to She Talks Life podcast, because this is a part of life, right? We become, we're children, we become adults, we become parents, we become partners to others. And I didn't want this, this, Um, podcast to really focus only on relationships, but actually on different sections of relationship, whether it's love relationship or parent and child relationship. And so this was really something I was, I thought that would be interesting to those who are listening. So from the dictionary's um, definition of gentle parenting, it's a parenting style that promotes a relationship with your children based on willingness and choice rather than demands and rules made by a parent. It teaches children to do what is good by using positivity and patience rather than fear of punishment. Um, I agree. I agree. Um, I wouldn't call it gentle parenting because I think when you open the door to have conversations with your children, um, yeah, there are some kind of rules in there, but your child knows that you're the adult and they're the child. There's a there's a level of who's who's superior and who's not. And so there's that level of respect. And when you foster respect in your parenting, I think your children understand how how much they can trust in you and believe in you. So When my son was becoming a teenager, um, I was getting into, I started having a a relationship that didn't quite want to go in a positive direction and it ended. And one of the things that really stuck out to me was my son would gravitate to that other person and share his feelings with that person, but he never felt like he could do it with me. And that was the turning point for our relationship as mother and son because he was becoming a teenager. And at that time, you know, we think of all the things that you you feel like you're doing a great job as a parent. I felt like I was doing a great job as a parent. I was being there for him. I was setting the rules. I was being, you know, structured and trying to give him the life that I think he deserved rather than what I want him to to think he must have or something like that. So I worked hard on that. But what I realized is that I didn't build the right connection with him. And so I needed to figure out how to do that so that my son could come to me and not go to a stranger or someone else. Even though sometimes, you know, we as when we are children, we seek out others for guidance. And so I felt like, you know, even if I don't give him all the guidance and he wants to speak to someone else for a different perspective, I wanted him to be able to know that he can come to me. And so what I ended up doing was I said to my son, hey, um, let's go to Sunday breakfast and we'll talk about 
anything you want to talk about. And we did. We sat down at breakfast. It was a routine. Every Sunday we would go start the laundry. We would go to Waffle House and we would sit and we would have talks. He would tell me about his friends, about school. And, you know, there were times where I realized like, yeah, I really wasn't listening to my son, but I had to be present. I had to show up for him because if you don't, it's kind of like you're treating them like you treat others outside, but these little creatures, they need you. And so that's how we fill that bond because I told my son, I said, I can't help you unless I know what I'm helping you with, unless I'm aware of what's going on. You don't need to lie to me. You don't need to, you know, be evasive about anything because my parenting style wasn't like my mother's parenting style. I was not in a position to make him feel like he had to be less than or make him think like he doesn't have a say or he didn't have a personality or, a, you know, or he didn't know who his identity was. I tried very hard to always instill that in him from an early age because I've always wanted my child to have a voice. Something that I lacked growing up is that I didn't have a voice. So I created my voice in my storytelling of being an author and writing and stuff like that. I That was where my voice led me to, was being able to create poetry and that kind of stuff. But when I had my son, I knew there were things that I needed to make him understand that as you become a man, your voice is your power. Your voice is where people will stop and listen. You demand that power by being who you are as a person and knowing who you are. And I wanted to create this safe environment for my son because I wanted him to understand emotion. I also wanted him to understand feelings because as a black boy, we are told never to show your feelings or never to cry over spilled milk. But I want my son to understand that those things make you sympathetic and empathetic towards others and how you treat others. So that's why I was always very firm on you need to speak up and you need to have your own voice and don't let anyone take that away from you. And, you know, that was what happened. We we formed that bond and he knew like, okay, mom, I have my opinion. I wanted my son to be able to speak in a way that he wasn't afraid to speak. And so if I am to be anyone, my parenting style in a way was a little bit gentle, but I did have some rules that he had to follow. Of course, as a parent, I feel like you still have to put some rules in place. Um, how do you implement gentle parenting? So I was trying to figure this out. Like, how do you begin gentle parenting because as children when they're born they're they're mimicking you and they're looking at you for guidance so it when they it all starts at that young age right it doesn't start at 20 and beyond it starts at that crucial age where they're young they're impressionable but they're also seeing that you're giving them the ability to be children and also do things so um, how do you do it? How do you implement it? 
You try to incorporate them as partners in the family. We're all the family. So have them help with family tasks, chores, participate in decision-making as they got older. And this is great because I did that. I started to talk to my son about um, things that were happening in my life, not too, de too detailed, but I remember when I was going through a really dark space of depression and I told my son that, you know, I'm not mentally there. Like I'm, I'm having a hard time coping with the changes that's going on with us moving into a new apartment. My job isn't really, you know, the right job for me and I really wanted to move. And I think that was the best decision I ever did was to incorporate my son in the decision making because we sat down and we discussed our move and he was like, I would move anywhere, but I don't want to go back to New York City. And I was like, I don't want to either. And we devised the plan and we packed our stuff and we moved to Oregon. And if we hadn't moved to Oregon, I don't think that things would have worked out the way they did because when we moved to Oregon, a lot of positive things started happening in my life. I was able to breathe again. And I think by having my son in the decision of us moving helped us get to the next step. You always have to create a safe environment. You know, when you're talking to your children, don't yell at your children. This is something that I absolutely am disgusted by. I hate when I see parents yell at their children. I'd rather talk to you. I want to have a discussion with you. I don't want to be yelling and you don't hear my point. So if I am, my, my son is 22, he's getting ready to move out. When he turned 18, he's getting ready to go off with his friends. And, you know, it's just him and I at the time. And we had the talk and I was like, you know, make sure when you go over there, you try to find a job. It was more of like me trying to guide him on what to do when he got there versus, oh, why why do you want to go there, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And I just felt like that's not what it is. Like he's an adult now and I have to look at him as an adult and treat him as an adult. And you have to level the playing field when you're talking to your children when they become adults. Because as children, they're going to get older. They're never going to stay young forever. So you have to change with the period that they're in. So if I'm a mother of an infant, I have more control on how these infants are navigating the world. As they become teenagers, I am starting to have less um, control of how they're navigating their friends, the people they're falling in love with, those kinds of things. Like you can only be as the parent that you need to be as that teenager needs. Um, talk about sex. Be very open about promiscuity. Be very sex positive. Teach them that the world is going to define them in different parts of themselves. Um, understand that they're not going to fly through life with an easy way. They're going to have ups and downs and that life is going to knock them hard and teach them and grow. But at the same time, you'll always be there for them and focus on getting them to grow. The one thing I said to my son is, 
you know, I want you to have your own life. I want you to go out there and make a way for yourself. Um, find out who you are. Find out what your visions are. Find out what your dreams are, Your what you see yourself doing in, in the years to come. But know that the things that I've taught you will continue to play in your growth as you become an older adult. And, you know, when you show your children um, gentleness through emotion, that's, that's the hardest part for me, right, is emotion. Hugging, um, that I don't, I've never really been that hugger. So th there, there wasn't a lot of hugging in my household. Now, um, but it did, I, to me, I don't feel like it took away anything. But if I felt like my son came to me one day and said, mom, you know, you've, you've not hugged me in a long time or you've not gotten close to me in a long time, I can understand that and kind of work with that. So I think that's a way you know how to implement it. Now, the best thing to do is actually practice gentle parenting in your household, like practice it. Start, there's, you have to start somewhere and every, every parent is going to know what's best for their children. Like, you know, what really grinds my gears is that you're a parent and you see someone becoming a parent for the first time and you feel like you have got to be a part of the peanut gallery and you want to tell them how they should raise their children, how they should be, oh, you shouldn't give your child this and you shouldn't do this to your child. And I think when I was looking up this gentle parenting and even talking and, and looking at um, attachment parenting, I started to remember like, you know, who gave these people the authority to tell you how to be a parent? Parenting isn't one set frame of mine. Parenting is different for everyone. Everyone looks at parenting different. I can look at it as gentle for me and my child and that works for us and we have that relationship and he beyond, he goes on and he does something totally different with his children. Um, you as a parent, you have to know where you stand and how you want to be a parent. When I was becoming a mother, I didn't want to be the same parent as my parent. She didn't do anything bad, but her parenting style, I don't think was the good one. And so I didn't want to adopt that same style. I wanted to do something different. And so, you know, think of it, the way to approach it is choices over commands. You know, give your children choices, involve them in the, more than the decision making so they could have control of their environment and their emotions because they'll deal with their emotions differently when you yell at them. When you yell at them, they lash out and sometimes they lash out within. And don't let that fly by your head. Children lash out within. It's it's simple. Their emotions start to break down mentally because they feel like when the parents lash out or, or yell or make these commands that they're not good enough and they start to internalize that. So be, be cautious on how you make the choices and whatnot. 
being playful and reducing tension. I think this is a great thing. Parents need to lighten up. Laugh a little. If you sat a group of people in the in a group and do a focus group and you start from ages 5 to 10 and then 10 to 15 and 15, 16 to 21 and you ask them about laughter in their household, I bet you'll realize that a lot of people would say there was laughter, yes, but it wasn't enough. And laughter brings common environment. It, it encourages, it, it gives encouragement. You know, that way children don't see chores as like something bad, but they see like they're participating so that we all could get the job done. Um, no forcing of affection. Of course, don't force your children to hug because sometimes they don't want to. I don't want to sit there when my family comes over and be like, hey, you go hug her, go hug your grandma, do this, do that. Let them naturally fall into affection with family members and friends. Um, I think, especially with all that goes on in this world with like sexual abuse or sexual perversion or certain things, you, you stay clear of how you make your children engage with others within your household and outside of your household. Um, children help with, with the family chores. Of course, we talked to that, but as they get older, they do more. So being able to tell them to like, if you have siblings drop, not only drop your sibling to some kind of an event, but be able to be responsible for babysitting them while you, you go out and run errands or do like date night or something. But then also make them understand like, you know, they, they feel like they need to help out because they see that, you know, how the, the, the situation is at home. And, of course, we talked about parents creating a safe environment. You know, you don't yell, but instead get on the level and communicate calmly to show children how to gently work through their emotion. Why do we choose it? Um, those who choose gentle parenting over traditional parenting um, they feel like it's, it's a lot of, it gives them more, um, connection with their children. Um, they understand how to not mentally hurt their children. Um, also, you know, it gives away from spanking children, um, because discipline could be anything. Uh, I think traditionally we've always heard about physical physical discipline and now in gentle parenting um it's different if you're gonna punish you punish differently now gentle parenting doesn't start with the child it starts with you you have to be the one in control of how you issue commands and demands or anything like that also do you have a healthy relationship and do you communicate well with the person you are parenting with? Because it's not solely on you as that one person, but if you are two-parent household, both of you need to have a great understanding of how you parent. One might parent different than the other because I don't always believe that we should both parent at the same way, but I feel like we should all discuss it in a way that we both are on the same page of how we parent. Um... 
And then think of it, am I ready to to use gentle parenting methods to parent my child? Am I phys- like emotionally, am I ready to tackle this? Because this will take a lot more work than traditional parenting. Traditional parenting, you just fall into that routine as you're the authoritarian and they just have to go with it because they're the child. But with gentle parenting, I believe like you have to put the work in. Um, also, you need to reevaluate your own behavior before you correct your child. Like say, please walk versus no running. Please be quiet versus stop yelling. Can you please clean up the floor versus stop leaving your toys on the floor? Can you take a deep breath to calm down versus stop getting angry? It's all about understanding your children and setting those commands so they understand the difference between abrasive and gentle. Also, one thing you have to understand, as an adult, you need to show respect through your own actions. Children imitate what adults do. They, they watch us from their little, they watch us. They mimic us, you know, the way we, if we have daughters, they love to play in our makeup. They watch us. They play in our shoes, our clothes. They love to play dress up. Boys tend to want to have two belts and, you know, they want to be like dad and stuff like that. So if you are not having a great day, your emotions will set the course of how you parent that child on that particular day. Um, This is something that I've always tried to instill in my child is teaching him empathy. I have empathy Um, and I sympathize with a lot, but I want my son to understand that, you know, this is what it is. Feel something for others. Don't, and make them learn it so that when they get out in the world, they understand it. And it usually is through gentle parenting because you will empathize with them. And so therefore they will start to empathize with others. Also, teach children the difference between being sad and angry. I think all the time we want to make those two fit into each other, and they really aren't. They're two separate different things. Anger and sadness is totally, completely different. Use the time in instead of the time out method, right? We always say you're on time out. And this is like... If you don't realize what timeout does, it actually isolates children from parents when you set them in a corner and you punish them in that way. But time in is children having a difficult moment can be asked to sit down to work through their emotions with their parents nearby. And this is a great thing to do. Like, you know, um, some of the things that you could think of is, are they feeling like frustration, fear, rejection? Talk about it. Meeting the emotional needs of children is always going to be a priority. Parent and child should get to talk about their problems. I agree. Parent and child get to connect and grow closer together. This is something that as parents we have to do. We have to talk to our children. When you build that communication and that open door policy, then you start to realize that your children, you look at them, you sit back and you look at them and you be like, I did good. I did good. I think I've I've 
gotten them on track where I think they should be. And that makes them become, because one thing I've always said is I have a son. I don't have any other children, but I want my son to always come around just because, you know, like call and say, mom, Hey, I'm coming over there and and have dinner with you. I'm going to take you out to dinner. I never want my child to isolate himself from me. And so I tried very hard as he was becoming a teenager to an adult to always be in his life, take him out to dinner. We go do nice things like that. We'd go vacation and we'd hang out and, you know, we'd go to the ball game and stuff. And I just wanted to open up a relationship where my child doesn't feel like I'm a stranger and he could really be around me and not feel like, who is she? Um, but the final thing I have to say is don't be hard on yourself. As a parent, we don't have all the answers. But what we do have is God, you know, on our side. Even if you're not spiritual, you don't believe in God or whatever power you believe in. But there's something in us that innately makes us become the protector and the guidance for our children. We value those relationships that we foster with our children. And as a parent, we can't get everything right. And so don't let your maintenance of your relationship with your partners or partner, any kind of financial stability or any kind of worrying about parenting, don't let that consume you because then you you've defined yourself by all those other things around you and you can't give the physical and emotional support that parents should give as well as receive it for yourself. Because in order for you to be a good parent, you also have to have a good life where you are getting your needs met as well. Proper care for yourself. You know, it is always crucial to have great well-being. Nurture yourself, nourish your body, your mind, take care of yourself, be patient, be empathetic, be sensitive to your children's needs. Um, this is going to benefit you and your children because what it does is that when you can get up and go get you, you know, you get your hair done, you get your, you know, your clothes, you shopping, you feel confident and all that happiness that you're feeling because you've taken care of your needs start to reflect on your household because now you've ruined, you've come in and you've realized, okay, my house is this way. My parenting relationship is great with my child. My partner and I have a great relationship. So start thinking along those lines. So is gentle parenting for you? And if so, how do you practice gentle parenting? And who is defining it? We're in a new era of life. Um, the world is changing. And as society changes, so does the way we do things in society. And parenting is just one of those phases that will change as people change without throughout the world. So think about attachment parenting and think about gentle parenting. Now, I have a lot more to talk about attachment parenting. I brought it up because it stems a little bit off of this gentle parenting. Now, don't be a helicopter mama. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in the next episode of um, attachment parenting um, because this is going to continue um, as not a not a journey, but a little life lesson on my thoughts and, and process on it. 
and hopefully someone's out there listening and they feel like, you know, if they're struggling with parenting, um, maybe they need to redefine how they're parenting and start breaking that cycle because it is never too late to break that cycle. Start early. Even if your child is five or 15, um, start because when they become adults, it's kind of hard to bridge the gap to parent. But if you have a child that you feel like you have lost that connection with and they're in their early 20s, I want you to understand that you can still get back that relationship with them. You're just going to have to put in a little bit more work on opening a door and realizing that they're not the child anymore, but they're an adult now. And so as a young adult, you have to parent them in that season that they're in. And you can't parent them from the past. You've got to parent them from where they're at. And a lot of times when you hear people talk about, yeah, me and my mom, we don't get along and I keep my distance, it's because the parent is not parenting at the season that their child is in. So I hope you guys have a great um, rest of your day and you enjoyed the podcast and I'll see you in the next episode. Hey you, thank you for checking out She Talks Live podcast. This is your host, Tavon Ray. And today's episode, we are talking about gentle parenting, a topic that I feel like everyone would be interested in. So if you are um, interested in hearing what I have to say about the subject, just go ahead and continue listening to the podcast. But before we jump into the episode, let's um, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, look in the show notes, follow your host Tavon Ray me myself and I on all my social media platforms and now we introduce voice messages you can leave me a voice message on the app and I can actually either play it if you have anything leave a rating review on app podcast so that the podcast can be heard and be recognized to others and hopefully uh, we can get the podcast up to get more listeners so stay tuned for the episode.